Everybody's Husband by Richard Ryan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Everybody's Husband. Cast of Characters. Mr. Alexis Twizleton. Read by Aaron White. Mr. Theophilius Bunbury. Read by Thomas Peter. Figgins, read by Larry Wilson. Spriggins, read by Todd. Dick, a waiter, read by Mark Somerville. Mrs. Pimpernel, mistress of a boarding house, read by Pauline Latournerie. Fanny, her daughter, read by Sonia. Miss Thompson, Spriggins Ward, read by T.J. Burns. Miss Tompkins, Figgins Ward, read by Jen Broda. Mrs. Twistleton. Read by Devorah Allen. Maidservant. Read by phone. Narrator. Read by Kevin S. Scene. A boarding house in Tunbridge Wells. A room handsomely furnished. Doors right and left and folding door in the flat. Enter Mrs. Pimpernel and Fanny. Mrs. Pimpernel. Center. Well now, my dear daughter everything is prepared you must lose no time in getting ready for church for as the play has it the bridal fount now plays auspiciously oh my dear ma i can't help thinking that my visit to dear delightful london was the luckiest thing in the world for if i had never gone there i should never have known that most charming of his sex mr theophilus bunbury yes my dear fanny separated as your mother has been for the last seven years from her cruel and good-for-nothing husband she has been solaced alone by her maternal feelings and solicitude for your settlement and to render your hymeneal fetters as rosy as hers were in your father's time her first wedded lord oh you are a dear good ma and i am sure bunbury and myself shall often come down to tunbridge in the season to drink the waters with our dear good ma you'll not forget my advice fanny but dear me you ought to have got dressed before now do go yet stay a moment here love here are the conjugal instructions pulling a paper out of her reticule this contains precepts for your rule and guidance for every hour of the day i recommend to your particular attention article the ninth respecting the enforcement of obedience fanny takes the paper and reads king pepin or the guilty mother mrs pimpernel surprised what do you say oh that's not it this is the one intended for you takes it back and gives another but what can detain bunbury oh he said he should only just step round the town to the different shops to see if he could do a little business in the order way for my dear theophilus says that even a pin a day is a groat a year and as he happens to be on the spot he thinks i suppose he may as well pick up a little to pay coach hire back well fanny as business is the life of our country i am quite delighted to think what a patriotic husband you'll have bells ring some of the boarders what can dick be about instead of attending to the bells in the parlour he's attending to the bells in the kitchen i'll warrant him now daughter i must look after the guests go you and get ready for the ceremony and read over the conjugal instructions i have placed in your hands oh i'll get them every one by heart mamma exeunt mrs pimpernel left fanny right enter mr theopolis bunbury here i am again gad we londoners are cute fellows always an eye to business i've got a few orders in the pin line though i have come down to tunbridge on a pleasuring expedition to get married la i'm afraid it's getting late where's fanny 
where's mrs pimpernel and where's my wedding favours i must look after them go on but the rooms in this boarding-house are so much within one another like a parcel of pill-boxes that i scarcely know which way to go exit enter mr alexis twistleton i wonder what can detain the adorable mrs alexis twistleton she should have arrived by last night's stage well now really i have enjoyed myself pretty considerably for the last three days doing a bit of bachelor enjoyed myself <laughs> ah if the adorable mrs alexis twistleton were to hear me make such an exclamation enjoyment solace after all there is no state to compare to the state marital she is a nice little woman to be sure she won't bear a comparison to the splendid boarders who are now staying here rather mysterious though that two real ladies should be staying at a boarding-house at a watering-place without any male protector the tallest has decidedly cast diverse not to be mistaken amatory obliques at my figure and the little one last night remarked that she never saw so striking a likeness to a young captain whom she'd been dying for but who unluckily one day died himself looking at his watch ten minutes after twelve i'm getting quite uneasy about the non-arrival of the delectable mrs t i'll ring and inquire at what hour the next stage comes in rings if that does not bring her i'm determined not to delay any longer but to take a post-chaise and meet her why the devil don't they answer the bell rings again enter dick left dick what time is the next stage expected not till to-morrow at twelve sir the last stage has just come in sir no lady make any inquiry after mr alexis twistleton no sir oh that's strange dick if there should be a return chaise to flimwell let me know aside i'm a single man then until to-morrow i say dick i understand you're going to have a wedding in the family yes sir a london gentleman in the pin line very well to do as they say sir fell in love with our miss fanny while she was on a visit to his mother in threadneedle street he'll come in for all the old lady's property so what with the sticks young missus will get when the old lady pops off they'll be tolerably snug as the saying is keep a che perhaps bell rings well i'm coming i'll be back again presently here i say sir i'll let you in to some queer things no will you though uh, yes i will honour bright for i've taken a liking to you but mum you know clapping his hand on his mouth and looking knowing bells ring uh, coming i say snug sir coming coming exit dick right twistletum looking after him communicative genius dick can't be called a dumb waiter <laughs> enter miss thompson and miss tompkins ah, good morning ladies been promenading i suppose how the balmy air of the wells has added a richer bloom to cheeks already radiant with a rosy tint of hygiea's influence Miss Thompson, aside. A very pretty spoken gentleman. Miss Tompkins to Twistleton. We regret to learn from our hostess that you are about to deprive us of your agreeable society. Crosses to center. Yes, ladies, yes. The absence of a particular person, I may say a very particular person. Aside. I think I've made an impression. Aloud the only regret i shall experience will be the separating from two ladies who have so preeminently contributed to the delight of the visitors of england's most salubrious watering-place 
Tunbridge Wells. Beautifully complimentary. Aside to Miss Tompkins. Should our guardians overtake us, I almost feel disposed to solicit his friendship and trust him with our secret. Twistleton, aside. Ah, an extempore congress. They whisper. I've hit them both. Oh, unhappy Alexis Twistleton, why were you made such a heartbreaker? The lady still whispering. It's a clear case. They're both dying for me, and are quarrelling which shall have me. Miss Thompson, aside to Miss Tompkins. Then you agree to my trusting him? Miss Tompkins, aside to Miss Thompson. Most certainly. Then you had better go and watch for the enemy, so as to give me a signal of his approach. Exit Miss Tompkins. Twistleton, looking at Miss Thompson. Oh, then, this is to be the happy woman. Now for it. Miss Thompson, hesitating. Sir, I... Madame? Aside. What a pretty bit of timidity. Sir, your generous, agreeable air induces me to solicit your friendship. My dear madam, you've got it, and a great deal more. You come but for friendship and take away love. Well, sir, I pardon your volatility, and you, in return, must excuse my briefness. You must know, sir, I and my companion, who is my cousin, have eloped from our guardians to avoid two matches contrary to our inclinations enter miss tompkins hastily oh my dear girl there's a post-chaise coming at full speed down the hill that's them i dare say go look out again exit miss tompkins now sir if i am overtaken i shall be conveyed back again unless you sir are kind enough to what to marry you ah, i can't do that because i was married about a month ago sir i did not mean that <laughs> but you know sir you could pass yourself off as my husband oh uh, to be sure i could but perhaps you're in a hurry twistleton pulling off his gloves and putting them in his pocket. Oh, no, no, there's no hurry. Spriggins, without. Well, Brother Guardian, as you're jolted to death, sit down while I explore. Enter Spriggins and sees Miss Thompson. Ha, ha, there you are, my pretty fugitive. Staring at Twizzleton and coming down left. But who's this? Twistleton, nodding familiarly at Spriggins. Ah, how, how do you do? How do you do? Sit down and make yourself pleasant. Spriggins, angrily. No, sir, I shan't sit down, nor I shan't make myself pleasant. Well, don't sit down, if you don't like it, and don't make yourself pleasant. This is a land of liberty, and you've a right to please yourself. Spriggins, enraged. Madam, I have a right to demand an explanation of you as to who this impertinent companion of yours is. Miss Thompson puts up her fan and assumes bashfulness. Twistleton, looking at her. I'll speak for you, you pretty trembler. Crosses to Spriggins. Pretty trembler, be damned. Hush, hush, old gentleman. Don't conduct yourself so obstreperously or I shall be obliged to exercise my prerogative and turn you out of the room. Your prerogative, puppy. Yes, sir. That of a doting, devilish agreeable, high-spirited husband. Husband? Yes, sir, husband. Where I was married, and when I was married to that young lady, she can perhaps inform you. Aside. For hang me if I can. Very fine, very fine indeed. But hark ye, my sagacious bridegroom, not a shilling of that lady's property do you touch. Well, sir, who wants it? I've 
a million of acres in every county besides three Welsh ambassadorships, all in my gift. If you'd like to go plenipotentiary to Poirier or ambassador to Parapapoo-Poo, slapping him on the shoulder, I'll start you off, my old boy. You're very good, sir, but I'll inquire further into this. Going. That's right. A spirit of inquiry is very characteristic of the present day. To Miss Thompson. Go and satisfy your amiable guardian, my dear. Puts her towards Spriggins. Go and answer all his questions, and return to your adored on the wings of Cupid. I say— Calling her back as they are going out together. Tell him all the lies you can think upon. Exunt Spriggins and Miss Thompson. <laughs> so, they are got rid of. I wonder what my little wife would say to this. I'd better be off before they discover who I am. So here goes. Draws on his gloves and crosses to left. Miss Tompkins peeps in and whispers. Sir, sir. Who the deuce is that? Looks round. Oh, it's you. Yes, it's me, sir. May I beg the favor of a word with you? A word? Oh, certainly. But let it be a short one, because I am in a hurry. Approaches her. Pray don't say that, sir. Surely you are not going to separate from us so soon. Twizzleton, aside. Separate so soon? Oh, she's in love with me, too. Nature, cruel but bountiful goddess, why, why did you make me so captivating? To her. Well, my dear, I'm resigned to my fate. Pulling off his gloves and putting them into his pocket. I'll not be in a hurry, since you seem to wish it otherwise. Miss Tompkins, aside. Kind-hearted being. To him. This, then, is the fact. The same post-chaise that brought hither the guardian of Miss Thompson also conveyed here my guardian. Indeed. Then it brought here a pair of guardians. True, sir, and strange to say, both on the same errand. Oh, <laughs> very remarkable indeed. Uh, then you, that is, I mean to say that you ran away from your guardian also? Miss Tompkins, assuming timidity. Yes, sir. And you expect him to overtake you? He has overtaken me. That's a pity. Ah, oh, sir, I knew you'd say so. Therefore, relying upon the kindness of your disposition, and feeling assured how powerfully you must sympathize with my situation, I have persuaded myself that, to prevent my falling again into the clutches of my guardian, you will grant me one request. That is, in plain English, marry you myself. I can't upon my soul. You are a very pretty girl, but the laws are too severe against bigamy to risk such a thing. That is not what I mean. No. No. If you are not in too great a hurry, and would oblige me by acting the part of my husband for half an hour or so, I should never forget it. Twistleton, surprised. I dare say not. Can you refuse me? Figgins speaks without. Hark! I hear my guardian on the stairs. You will grant me this small favor, will you not? Loveliest of your sex. I will. A thousand thanks, though positively I'm quite ashamed to delay you, for I think you said you were in a hurry. Hurry? Oh, no, no, there's no hurry. Pulls off his gloves and puts them in his pocket. Enter Figgins, seeing Miss Tompkins. Oh, oh, there you are. Coming down left. Twizzleton to Miss Tompkins, holding up his glass and staring at Figgins then speaks to Miss Tompkins. Is this the dragon who comes to look after his Hesperian fruit? She signifies it is. To Figgins. How are you, my old one? What a guy of a coat that is you've got on. As you are the guardian of my little lady here, I suppose I must treat you with some civility, so... Figgins is advancing towards him. Keep your distance. Stand there. There. Pointing. Just there, and I'll talk to you. And why not talk to me anywhere else? 
because you are as unfashionable as an alderman and as ugly as a griffin. Much obliged. You are absolutely a pimple on the beautiful face of nature. But I can't spare you any more of my valuable time, so listen to me, old change alley. I've canubialized with this lady. You hold her fortune. If you hand it over to me quickly, I'll allow you a discount for the money, so good-bye. If you presume to follow us, I've a pistol in each pocket, and I'll blow your brains out. Searches his pocket, and while searching, flings out a card unconsciously and struts off with Miss Tompkins to the other side, left. Figgins, aside, crossing to right. This fellow's mad. If I could maneuver that card, I might find out who my young gentleman is. Forces a laugh. Ah, <laughs> oh, very well, my sprightly spark. If you are married, I can't help myself. So I shall leave you as soon as I have tied my shoe. Stoops and picks up the card. I've got it. Adieu, young people. Exit, pointing at them and singing. None but the brave deserves the fair. Twizzleton, looking after him. <laughs> That's a hearty old cock, and I like him. A thousand thanks for your kindness. Now, sir, proceed on your journey, while I communicate to Miss Thompson the success of our stratagem. Runs off, left door. Twizzleton, right looking after her ah there she goes and i suppose i may go too drawing on his gloves so now i'll be off in right earnest going left enter mrs pimpernel left dressed for the wedding mrs pimpernel curtsying formally how do you do sir twistleton bowing uh, uh, quite well ma'am i thank you aside i must let her into the secret or she may destroy the plans of my two allies to her my dear mrs pimpernel i've been all anxiety to see you ma'am there's something about your physiognomy madam which tells me at a glimpse that you are a lady of great discretion to make use of a strong expression you are a person to be trusted mrs pimpernel aside how awfully mysterious you must know mrs pimpernel i have a profound and important secret which i wish to confide to you and to you alone a secret that's delicious i love a secret and bosom yourself sir learn then my dear mrs p that reasons all-powerful and incomprehensible to you uh, obliged me for a time to conceal from the world the holy tie which binds me to one of the ladies who now occupy a part and parcel of your respectable and fashionable boarding-house. Uh, those reasons still exist, but to you, and you alone, my dear madam, I divulge the secret that the ci-devant Miss Thompson is the real and legitimate spouse of mr alexis twizzleton miss thompson yes miss thompson aside i i think i'm right it's either thompson or tompkins but hang me if i know which my dear mr twizzleton allow me to offer you my congratulations she's a charming woman aside i'm almost tempted hesitates I really, sir, feel quite overpowered at your selecting me as your confidante. I'll return the obligation by requesting your assistance in an affair of great delicacy and interest. Twistleton, aside. Oh, what the deuce is coming now? Uh, proceed, Mrs. P. Do the ladies intend making a long stay at Turnbridge? Upon my life, I can't say hesitating i believe so you believe so why surely you can't be ignorant of the intentions of your own wife but my reason for asking is this but let's be seated sir twistleton brings forward two chairs they sit with great formality you must know sir we have a small private theatre here where we are going to play a play now sir 
I presume that you know what a play is. Why, I believe I do, madam. Now, sir, your wife is a most charming figure, and the lady that's with her has a very fine face for an opera. Now, sir, if you could but prevail upon them to take characters, it would be as delicious as ice cream in the dog days. Twizzleton, aside. That's a pretty simile. Hesitating. Uh, well, uh, I don't know, I can't say, but however, I'll mention it to them. Attempts to rise. She prevents him. That's not all, sir. Would you believe it, sir? I am myself devoted to, and distractedly in love with, the beautiful Heistronomag art. I once saw the great Mrs. Siddons play the hand-washing scene of Lady Macbeth, and dreamed of the damned spot for nine nights afterwards. Looks at her watch. It's earlier than I thought it was. I have got the part I am to act in my reticule. I am quite perfect in my great scene in the fourth act. If you would but have the extreme kindness to hear me go over it. <laughs> what? I? Uh, me? And pray, my dear Mrs. P., uh, what may be the name of the play you are going to act? Why, it's a maiden effort, but full of genius, I assure you, written for the occasion by Miss Arabella Potters. A blue, a deep blue. You can taste the prussic acid even in her conversation. She is head teacher at the great finishing seminary in Paradise Crescent. It is entitled King Pepin or the Guilty Mother. Tis such a prodigy of a production. I play the principal part, sir. Shakespeare has done nothing like it in the female line. Twizzleton, aside. No, I dare say not. Now, if you would but have the kindness. Drawing out the manuscript. Well, for the rarity of the thing, I think I will. I wouldn't trouble you, only there really are such a set of Gothic vandals in this house. For instance, there is my future son-in-law, Mr. Theophilus Bunbury, doesn't even know that Melpomene presides over comedy. Twizzleton, aside. <laughs> Ignorant wretch. But here is my part. I am as perfect as an angel. <laughs> Place yourself there. I'll stand here. You are King Pepin. I, King Pepin. I am the guilty mother. Be careful to give me what are called the cues. Showing them in the manuscript. It begins here. Very well, I see. Uh, give me hold of King Pepin. Snatching the manuscript out of her hand. Now for it. Are you ready, ma'am? Wait till I get out my white handkerchief and dishevel my hair a little. Now, sir, I am all right. Ah, here goes. Reading. Great princess, they declare your royal presence is wanted in the vestibule. I beg your pardon, sir, but Miss Arabella Potters, the authoress of the tragedy, always calls it vestibule, and be good enough to speak it louder than that. Recollect that I have twice broken my sworn truth, and that you are a majesty. Oh, very well, ma'am. I'll pitch it higher. Aside. What a rum old pump she is. Aloud. Now, ma'am, hurrah for King Pepin! Enter Bunbury, dressed with wedding favors and white gloves. He stops in the doorway, astonished, and listens. Twizzleton holds the manuscript so that it is unseen by Bunbury. Mrs. Pimpernel, right, declaiming. I believe, vast potentate of the Isle of Man, that we are here more freer from intruders than in your own room. Twizzleton left, reading. I guess we are. Speak. Be seated, I conjure you, and lend me your ears. No, 
I never, in council or in close divan, e'er sit, but always stand, erect, in conscious honour bold. Mrs. Pimpernel, fling herself into a chair centre and groaning. <sighs> it concerns my son. Bunbury, in the doorway, aside. Hello. What does she say? Your son, madam? Bunbury, aside. Aho! She's got a son. She's a nice un. And what other interest could vanquish my repugnance to seek this meeting, which you have never sought? But I saw him in a state which would curdle all your blood. Bunbury, aside. Oh, she has seen him. I wonder where. His heart, his tender, youthful heart, is broken at your order for him to leave his native land. What could have incurred his father's anger? Bunbury, aside. His father? Well, if that gentleman should turn out to be his father. Since that fatal duel ravished from our arms our other godlike son. Bunbury, aside. What, another? Why, I wonder how many the old lady's got. Remember, perfidious woman, what you've done in taking an adulterer to your arms, you have introduced a stranger child into our house. Bunbury, aside. A strange child? What a horrible old woman. Mrs. Pimpernel, rising. Let me fly. Bunbury, aside. Oh, she wants to bolt. A nice wedding I should have. Twistleton, pushing her into her seat. No, you shall not fly. You shall not escape the guilt which clogs your footsteps. Bunbury, aside. Oh, I see how it is. This chap's a husband. I've had enough. I'm off. Exit. Mrs. Pimpernel, rising. Well, sir, what do you think of it? You don't think I am too superannuated to create an effect upon a London audience? In effect? Prodigious! Why, you are the guilty mother herself. <laughs> Mrs. Pimpernel, holding up her fan before her face. Oh, sir, you are a flatterer. You quite confuse me. A noise without. Mrs. Pimpernel hides the manuscript hastily. Twistleton, looking out, right. But what's all this bustle about? Oh, they are the wedding guests. Oh, a wedding, eh? Yes, sir, a wedding. A gentleman from London is to be married to my daughter. And if you would condescend to honour us with your presence, you might render a young and amiable girl an extraordinary service. What? In the Canubio line? Oh, I understand. I'm to pass for her husband, I suppose. Aside. I'm getting used to it. No, sir, that's not it. It's merely to walk the bride to church. My daughter Fanny is going to be married today. If you would just hand her along, it would give such an eclat to the thing. Ah, very amusing, upon my life. I knew you'd think it so. Music without. Here comes the blooming bride. Here is your favour, sir. I have a needle and thread quite handy. Sewing it to his coat. And here is the gloves. Music. Enter Fanny and attendants. Ah, my dear child, how handsome you look. But where is Bunsbury? I saw him a few minutes since, and he seemed quite flustered. I can't help saying that if this is London manners, in Tunbridge we shall call it very ill-breeding. Enter Bunbury. Well, Bunbury, you haven't showed much anxiety for the happy moment. Everybody is ready. We've been only waiting for you. Why, you see, Mrs. Pimpernel, circumstances alter cases. If the goods don't come up to the sample, the bargain's off. What, what does, does he mean? mean? Bunbury, taking Twizzleton and Mrs. Pimpernel aside. The other son, who had to fly his country. If he should return, Fanny will be choused out of her property. What other son? Are you mad? 
bunbury to twistleton and you mr what do you call em may have a right to the old woman's movables and then a pretty figure i should cut in threadneedle street the old woman's movables now i say come to the point will you give me your consent to the match and make over to me under your hand all the right and claim to any control over the property of fanny's mother uh, of course i will but i say you're stark staring mad enter dick the parson's waiting at the church well let him wait drives off dick i'm not to be victimized one word for all mrs p i've been to my lawyers and told him all about it and he says if you sign a paper in fanny's favour i can marry without any fear so will you or not certainly i will well then if this gentleman will take my place till i run over to mr capius the lawyers i'll meet you all at the church door oh certainly bunbury going fanny how pretty you do look good-bye for the present i'll be there nearly as soon as you are exit twistleton looking at himself and the group well i cut a pretty figure here i wonder what mrs alexis twistleton would say to all this they all form into procession enter figgins and spriggins and exchange looks mrs twistleton enters at the same time left unseen by the wedding party mrs twistleton aside with surprise my husband leading a bride and with a wedding favour on his breast good heavens what can this mean that stupid bunbury has quite turned me topsy-turvy to twistleton now do say something pretty and complimentary to fanny for it's a very trying occasion oh i will to fanny uh you'll not be surprised when i acknowledge this to be the happiest moment of my life my dear fanny figgins to spriggins his dear fanny mrs twistleton aside his dear fanny oh sir excuse the blushes of a bride i do excuse them and let me ere you boast that honouring name imprint upon your rosy lips one chaste salute kisses her and struts about ah i like it now then to church ah to church come along loveliest of your sex give me that hand soon to be joined in hymen's rosy bonds now for it here we go aside to mrs pimpernel i say don't i do it handsomely and fashionably ah there is nothing like the fashionable touch after all he takes fanny's hand mrs pimpernel takes his arm and the music plays haste to the wedding exeunt the wedding procession right mrs twistleton left figgins and spriggins advance to the front very pretty indeed here's bigamy in perfection why he's everybody's husband he's married to my ward and my ward and by this time he must be half married to our hostess daughter but let us look at the card let us learn his name reads mr alexis twistleton i am electrified horror-struck and wonderstruck i'll tell you what i'll do i'll fetch his wife wife which wife why his real wife and that she may credit this horrible story do you go with me to confirm it willingly now mr alexis twistleton your wives will make the temperature of this room too hot to hold you or i know nothing of the heat of atmosphere produced by the presence of a half a dozen of enraged ladies Exunt. enter mrs twistleton and a maid servant can i be mistaken i could not my lawful husband is gone to be married to someone else to the maid would you be kind enough to show me mr alexis twistleton's room maid pointing to the door right that's it exit left mrs twistleton aside 
I must find out the enigma. Retires up right. Enter Bunbury. Oh, oh dear me. Oh, how I am blown. I thought I should have been in time. Old Capius says it's all right. So... Mrs. Twistleton, coming forward. Do you belong to the house, sir? Why, yes, ma'am. I think I may say I do, ma'am. Could you inform me whose wedding that is that is about to take place? Bunbury, aside. Here's a question. Whose wedding, ma'am? Why, I think I ought to be able... Why, it's mine, ma'am, mine. How is that gentleman concerned in it, who just left this apartment with the bride? In my place, who held my wife's arm? That's my deputy. Oh, he's married already. Yes, I know that, sir. Oh, you know him, then? Know his wife, perhaps? Huh, no one better. Bunbury, aside. This is a lucky meeting. I shall now have the full, true, and particular account. Pray, ma'am, was it a love match? I thought so at the time. They say, I suppose, that he's no great shakes. Mrs. Twistleton, surprised. Sir! Bunbury, aside. There's some mystery about this chap. I suppose you are acquainted with Mrs. Pimpernel, who keeps this house, and I dare say you think it strange, but this strange gentleman is my honoured father-in-law. Your father-in-law? What, Mr. Alexis Twistleton? Bunbury, knowingly. Oh, what you know him by that name, do you? You must be dreaming, sir. Aside. If this man is not mad, I know not what to think. Walks about distractedly. Bunbury, aside. This lady's got the phobia. I'll be off. Runs off right. Mrs. Twistleton, walking about distractedly. I'm so horrified that I hardly know whether I am asleep or awake. Enter Figgins. Oh, my dear madam, I was just about going to you. I am glad you have arrived. I hope it may not be too late. But your husband... Well, sir, what of my husband? Why, madam, he had not only a wife living before he married you, but uh, uh, I'm afraid by this time he is married to a second. The name of the first is Tompkins, my own ward. Gracious heavens, it cannot be. The person who just left the room informed me that my husband was also the husband of Mrs. Pimpernel, the person who keeps this boarding house. Here comes Mrs. Pimpernel. Enter Mrs. Pimpernel, in alarm, right. Every place has been searched, and Bunbury is nowhere to be found. It will be quite the town talk. What has happened, Mrs. Pimpernel? The most horrible thing that could happen to a fond maternal parent. The bridegroom is not to be found. That's uh, rather awkward. But here is a lady who wishes to be accommodated for a short time in your boarding-house. Introducing Mrs. Twizzleton. I have not the pleasure of knowing the lady, but Mr. Figging's introduction... But though you are not acquainted with me, madam, you at least know the gentleman who accompanied the young lady to church. Oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, I certainly know him but only since he has lodged with me and thus much i can say that i never met with a more amiable good-tempered complaisant person and as for that matter so is his wife who passed here under the name of miss thompson you mean tompkins indeed i do not i mean what i say sir thompson what another I declare they'll quarrel who is really my husband's wife. This is not to be born. What do you say, madam? You the wife? Of Mr. Alexis Twistleton. Oh, I'll answer for that. Well, this I'll say and stand to, that he told me with his own mouth that he was married to Miss Thompson. Mrs. Twistleton, affected. This is too much. To Mrs. Pimpernel. My dear lady, have me shown to my apartment. Will you walk for the present into this chamber? Conducting her to the room, left, aside. Unfortunate Mrs. Twistleton. <laughs> Barbarous Mr. Twistleton. Exit, left. Figgins, looking after her. 
poor heart-broken mrs twistleton but i'll go and hunt up spriggins and we'll have this universal husband laid by the heels with as little delay as possible exit and i will search every hole and corner for that little wretch bunbury exit right enter twistleton almost breathless oh thank heaven all's over i never thought i could have undergone all this but i suppose to a young man and a steam-engine nothing is impossible i understand from dick that mrs t has arrived i hope she has not heard of any of my little winning ways hereabouts if she has i shall be lectured for a week on moral conduct conjugal duty and all that sort of thing enter spriggins oh here you are aren't you a pretty villain sir to have been committing a triple alliance ay sir but not a holy alliance insensible puppy what must your heart resemble oh my heart like the greenwich stage and carries six inside very fine sir a noise without right but what the devil's the matter now bunbury without send for a doctor send for a doctor enter bunbury hastily send for a doctor my mother-in-law is inconsolable for not seeing me at church and supposing i was off with the match has been suddenly taken in a fit in the street seeing twistleton oh i'm glad i found you sir if you haven't the heart of a cannibal or if it isn't a piece of britannia metal you fly to the assistance of your lawful wife his wife yes his wife mrs pimpernel what another that makes four wives or i'm a dutchman yes sir his wife a secret marriage two grown-up boys one of them fell in a fight as he fit and the other had to fly the country and is now perhaps in van diemen's land <laughs> or nova scotia or thereabouts do you dare to deny it sir <laughs> oh, de deny it <laughs> to the contrary nothing is more true do you know king pepin sir no sir then i do and the guilty mother into the bargain and a devilish good jest it is <laughs> you may laugh sir but let me tell you polygamy is a hanging matter but in this case old gentleman the hempen noose will not succeed the noose of wedlock if you will be good enough to walk with me to my real wife i will explain everything his real wife where is she spriggins pointing to the doors right and left here there everywhere he has them in all quarters but here comes poor mrs pimpernel bunbury drawing out his handkerchief poor mother-in-law when she knows all to twistleton i shan't lose sight of you laying hold of him i can tell you mr anonymous enter mrs pimpernel supported by two women and fanny right mrs twistleton from her room left and figgins at the same time centre place a chair for poor mother-in-law once more i behold the traitor what can be the meaning of all this fanny looking at mrs pimpernel she's coming to herself where am i in your own house mother-in-law in the bosom of your family where is bunbury are they married here i am all is over fanny is mrs bunbury and showing twistleton here is your husband mine here where is he bunbury pointing to twistleton here he is before your eyes mrs pimpernel pushing away bunbury stupid fellow you really frighten me i i know you want to keep it a secret but it won't do i say it won't do be quiet booby ladies and gentlemen i am no booby pointing to twistleton he is the husband of mrs pimpernel and of my ward and of mine and we saw him go to church 
to be married to another lady. Mrs. Twizzleton, coming forward, pointing to Fanny. And I heard him declare himself this lady's husband. To Twizzleton. Monster! Villain! Giant of bigamy! Now, only hear me, my dear, adorable Mrs. Twizzleton. I am still your own faithful, constant little twiz. It's all a wicked falsehood, sir. You faithful and constant, you wholesale breaker of the fond connubial vow. Where have you hidden your other wives? Vickens, aside. I haven't. I'm in the secret. I'll have the other wives in court in a twinkling. To Mrs. Twizzleton. Uh, would you like to be introduced to the acquaintanceship of this gentleman's other wives? Here's a question for a heartbroken wife. If you would, knock at either of those doors, at any door in the house, and out will pop a wife. Horrible. Dreadful. Damnable. All ladies come into court. He knocks at the different doors, and out runs Miss Thompson and Miss Tompkins. They rush toward Twizzleton. I'm horror-struck and wonder-struck. Let your surprise, madam, give way to gentler feelings. Your husband was kind enough to pass himself off as mine, to shield me from my guardian's anger. He generously, for a few moments, played the part of my husband for the same laudable purpose. He led me to church, I confess, but this, pointing to Bunbury, was the gentleman I was married to. Twizzleton to Mrs. Pimpernel. I believe, madam, I contracted also a mimic marriage with you. Pompously and throwing himself into an attitude. Do you remember the guilty mother? Mrs. Pimpernel, in mock heroics and drawing out her handkerchief. <laughs> I do, King Pippin. Twizzleton, looking round. Is, is there any other lady wishes to claim me for her husband? There is silence in the court. Who, then, among ye all, is to have me? I, sir, your lawfully wedded wife, and— Pointing to Miss Thompson and Miss Tompkins. I hope the guardians of these ladies will forgive them as heartily as I do. Madam. Madam. Ah, I see by the smile playing on the two good-looking countenances of these elderly young gentlemen— that you have prevailed, and I congratulate you. I hope all are now satisfied. All! All! Twizzleton, pulling out his gloves, slapping his hat on, and crossing to center. And I may now pursue my journey. May I detain you for a few minutes? Certainly. Why, then, it seems to me that if all present are satisfied, you had better stay where you are. And appear again tomorrow as Everybody's Husband. End of Everybody's Husband by Richard Ryan.